Oh, some trick-or-treaters. Oh, I love Halloween. How spooky. Hey. Hey, kids. Wow, and what are you? I'm a ghost. And what are you? I'm a mummy. And what are you, little girl? I'm a princess. And a cute princess you are, too. I have some treats for you. Here's an autographed picture of the two half-squads, Jeff and Dave, for you. And here's a two half-squads t-shirt for you. It's uh, extra large, but it'll, it'll probably shrink in the wash. And here, little girl, another autographed picture of the two half-squads for you. Uh, Okay, kids. A happy Halloween. Bye-bye. Break out the eggs. I'm Jeff. And I'm Dave. And this is The Two Half Squads, the only cast on the net. Is that right? It's a cast a net? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Dedicated 100% to the greatest game in the whole world, Advanced Squad Leader. We are your hosts. And we're going to be talking about Squad Leader for the next few minutes. And this is episode 27. Yes, it is. Congratulations to us. To us. How are you doing, Dave? I'm doing... Okay, I was a little stressed out today. Why? You want to talk about it? Yes. Can I can I lay down on the couch here? Yeah, yes, you can. Watching the Bears game, you know, these close games, it's no fun anymore. Yeah. So I can't care that much because, like, my heart was just beating. Your telltale heart? Just beating. It's Like, I can hear it now. But, yeah, just stressed, just stressed. Yeah. And then yeah. the game ends and they win, but it's like, okay, phew, glad that's over. So yeah. I have to care less Yes. or maybe watch, tape it and watch it. Well, I was at a party, so I had to watch it there. Oh, yeah. well, that's my own problem. Yeah. Other than that, I'm fine. Oh, good. And you? I'm very well because I don't watch football. That, <laughs> I advise that you don't yeah. start. Yeah, so I'm very calm. I, do my, I just do my Tai Chi, my breathing, and my C4 corner cutter exercises every day. For 20 minutes. Excellent. Very, yeah, very relaxing. Yeah. I may run out of counters. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll have to order I think some more you can stuff. Buy blank counters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they do sell them somewhere. Just they do. <laughs> yeah, they do. You I can know. Just practice or... I know. Maybe, maybe Robin, my wife Robin, can uh, decorate them mm-hmm. appropriately. Very therapeutic. Yeah. Very therapeutic. Yeah. So. What are we gonna do? What are we doing? We've we've well, had a couple of really interesting episodes lately. We had the round table. Hopefully, yeah. it was posted before the show. But yeah. With us, yeah. we never know. Yeah. And a interview with Mark. Mark Pitkavich, which was a lot of fun. Yep. Very enter- entertaining guy and interesting and modest and all those things. Correct. And yeah. the the thing was that we didn't realize he had designed all the scenarios and. Uh, the action pack with the Italians, few returned. Few returned, yeah. We Sadly. Didn't, we, I, we, forgot. we knew that. We did we know it because that. we were playing the scenarios. Yeah. yeah, we knew that. It just didn't, I don't know, we just didn't remember didn't, at the time. Right. There's a lot of ground to cover, actually, in these interviews. We always go into them thinking, what are we going to talk about? You know, and maybe we'll only talk for 10 or 15 minutes, but then it goes on for an hour and we end up forgetting a lot of stuff we'd like to talk about. Yeah, so we could do another one later yeah. with him. Yeah, I'm, I hope so. So why don't we get on to some listener mail. 
I like the little addition you've made there. Thank you. You're so musical. All right. That is just so fun. I know. It's your favorite part of the show. It is. You know what? Let's wrap it up now. It's a great. That was a great Actually, show. Let's just play it over let's and over. <laughs> I have one. Hi, Jeff and Dave. This is from Evan Stewart. Is he new? New listener, or maybe we've read something before. I don't know. My name is Evan, and I'm from California. And I just thought I'd let you guys know how much I enjoyed your podcast. I've been listening to it for about two weeks now. Mm-hmm. New listener. Yeah. That's why I'm reading this. Okay. He just bought Starter Kits One and Two. And he's a little overwhelmed, and so he tried to set up a game, and he, I'll paraphrase a little, he uh, was getting all, his brain was hurting from trying to read the rules, and he I found can that, yep. that newbie-doo, and said it was just great for him to set up and play along. So, wow. thanks, Evan. We're glad we could be of service. We live to serve. Do we want to talk about where we're at with newbie-doo? No, because we don't know where we're at. Yeah, we're in we? limbo. We're, we're in limbo. limbo. But it, it'll come back. Yeah, I posted we'll something back. about this, because somebody... Um, brought it up on the uh on the show comments about what what's going on with newbie do and and i just posted on there that we didn't realize how difficult uh, the newbie do episode was to do because we want it to be interesting and absolutely correct we just feel like we don't want to have any mistakes in it at all and we've tried it a couple yeah. of times unlike and the rest of keep, our show yeah and the, yeah the rest of our show <laughs> which is fraught with errors um so, so it's just harder than we thought, and we just haven't had enough time. But maybe, if we if somebody would send us fifty thousand dollars, we could do it. Take a little time off from work and do it. Do you think that's going to happen? That would help. Yeah. But yeah, we'll get we'll get so, we'll, we'll so we're we're still working on it. And you have a letter, Jeff? I do. I have a quick letter from Andy Beaton, who said that Downfall is a great movie. We did a little a, a brief impromptu war movie review on the last episode or two episodes ago about that movie downfall um about the last days of nazi germany downfall is a great movie uh war movie review is an excellent addition to the show and we're gonna do another one tonight yeah but i have a letter right now we talked about esb on our beer label last time yeah the beer label said esb on it well from dave childs the beer sommelier of asl he says it is extra special bitter a stronger hoppier beer than the uh, in the English bitter style. So there we go. That's a hoppier beer. I love a hoppy beer. Yeah, I do too. It's hard to catch them though when they're hopping around like yeah. that. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Got to drink fast. Uh, and here's a nice email from Daniel Brown who writes. What was that? What is that? Is that your wife? Yeah, I think so. She's stirring about. Uh, Daniel Brown. I have a great amount of concern that you guys drink too much. When I listen on the way to home, uh, on the way home, you're drinking. If I listen at lunch, you're drinking. If I listen on the way to work, you're drinking. And I bet if I listen at 3 a.m., you would be drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Having a drink or two while you're doing a one to two hour podcast is fine, but drinking 24 seven is a problem. So, well, well, he's got us there. Yeah, he, he does. <laughs> Uh, and he says, uh, which brings me to my next thought. Since I don't drink, does this inhibit my ability to play ASL? No. No, not at all. No. <laughs> not at all. No. In fact, we, you're, you're better off. Yeah. Yeah. And we, and he says, I, I, I'm not going to take up drinking, but I sure hope I don't have to give up ASL. Well, and Oh, and he says, I have a really hard time remembering the rules even after I've read a section five or more times. <laughs> I can relate. Welcome to the club. Yeah. And third... Um, 
What happened to asking people to send in comedy uh, ideas for comedy intros for the show? You did not mention it in this last podcast. I myself am very serious and never attempt humor, but for others, they might want to know you're still accepting submissions. Yes, we are. Um, we have, just so you know, folks, we haven't forgotten you. You've submitted, we've gotten three or four submissions. Yep. I've copied them into a document. I have them all safe. Yes. And at some point, we will probably, we will. We will. Make them into comedy intros. Yes. But uh, it could be upwards of six months. So go ahead and send some more in. Yeah. Who knows when we'll, when we'll actually use those. But we will use them at some point. So We would get to all this stuff a lot faster if we did this show every day. Well, yes. And if we remember to put on comedy intros, are two shows we skipped. Yeah. So it's not they're not gone, as you heard on this show. Right. They're back. They're still here. They're back. We just kind of didn't get it done. Yeah. So. Alrighty. Um, <clears throat> did you know, Jeff, that Dave Timmon and I once we were playing playtesting acapella, and <laughs> bless you, I did it faster this time. Yeah, you've been practicing. Dave insisted that we write down our dice rolls. Okay. A spreadsheet. Wow. Why? I think he was doubting that the dice were, and we also checked my famous yellow and uh, white dice. Yeah. And guess what we found? <laughs> what? The laws of averages are true. Really? <laughs> yes. Wow. So dead in the middle, number number of sevens rolled, 21 for Dave, 19 for me. Number of 11s rolled, 6 for me, and 8 for Dave. Number of snake eyes, 3 for Timonen, and 3 for me. Oh, wow. <clears throat> However, on my sheet, I, I wrote down, I numbered 1 through 12. Yeah. And I never oh, rolled one. a 1 with two dice. You didn't roll a 1? <laughs> no. I wrote one. Or if you just roll one off the table, isn't that how that works? <laughs> well, anyway. So I can't believe it. He was. One. Now, what is that? Um, I didn't tell you about that, huh? What is that? Well, we we have a we have a like a poltergeist here in the house. I don't know if I I well, guess what I happened never, here. Well, I never told you this, but the the owner before us was actually killed here. You're kidding me. No. That's why we got such a good deal on this house. Can, yeah. we, can we finish recording at my house? Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's no, not I'm bad. serious. Every once in a while you hear something funny, but for the most part it's fine. Are those pants banging? Is that yeah. Robin or is that? Well, it's hard to know. It's hard to know. I'm, I'm not even sure she's home. Don't worry about it. I mean, it's fine. Yeah, I know. It's it's, it's a little for... creepy. We're, we're used to it. All right. We'll just press yeah. on. Yeah. We got to get the ghost hunters over here. Yeah. So, the next portion of the show is a new edition in the news. Welcome to this evening's newscast. I'm Dave. Oh, stop that. This just in. MMP hires another full-time employee. This just in. MMP hires another full-time employee. MMP is pleased to announce that we have hired Chas Argent to be the full-time ASL developer and honcho. In addition to play testing and doing a great job honchoing AP4 and AP5, and the singling mini module, Chas has been helpful in a number of ways. MMP is lucky to get him. There are a number of ASL projects in the wings that Chas will be working on with his help. We plan on increasing our ASL production appreciably. 
One of the major projects Chess is now responsible for is to oversee the journal and make sure it once again becomes a regular release, perhaps achieving that lofty goal of coming out more than once a year. ASL remains the first love of MMP, and we, they will continue to be involved in all its facets. Perry will continue with the ASL Rules Meister, but he hopes that Chaz will help also. They are very excited about the new hire and expect great things out of Chaz. So please, everyone, extend some courtesy and don't start ragging on him right away. That just in from MMP. And over to Jeff. Thank you, Dave. This also in from MMP. MMP has reached an agreement with three ASL legends to produce a new action pack. AP6, The Decade of War will have three new map boards and ten scenarios using them. When talking ASL, Gary Fortenberry, Charlie Keebler, and Bob McNamara need no introduction. All three were major figures in ASL at the Avalon Hill Game Company before MMP took over ASL development. The new map boards, based on a concept that Gary has been toying with for a number of years, resemble two half-boards placed side-by-side and allow new map-board configurations not possible before. The scenarios consist of a battle a year for the ten years between 1936 and 1945 and feature the combined research and design skills of all three men. The Decade of War is currently receiving its polishing touches and should be up for pre-order before long. Presuming it hits its P number as quickly as thought, AP6 should start shipping later this year. But don't count on it. I mean, Thank you, Jeffrey. Oh, <clears throat> sorry. And now for our editorial <laughs> remarks. <laughs> Here's Jeff with an editorial. <clears throat> but don't necessarily count on that. And, oh, we're not going to give MMP a hard time. No, we're not. We promise. And that's it for the news. Good night, Dave. Good night, Jeff. This is CNN. Is it? Give me your best. Uh, who's the CNN announcer? Darth Vader. I don't know. Oh, is he? Yeah. Uh, James Earl Jones? Yes. Yes. Uh, this is CNN. No, no I don't know. <laughs> come when Conan is. Come to me, my child. Come to me, my child. This is CNN. Yeah, this. Hey, yeah, that's that's good. All righty, well, but so that's good news, Jeff. That's good news. Look, They've got a new employee, full time. Weren't we talking about that? Yeah, yeah. Right, that they didn't have a full time. That's pretty cool. They ASL. probably offered him a sweet package. Oh, it's a sweet package. <laughs> it's a sweet package. Yeah, couldn't refuse. It's probably five dollars an hour. And yeah, health and insurance, a free copy of the games. Yeah, but no, excellent. We're, we're he works very there. He, he gets number one in the P five hundred uh, mailing. He probably yes. has to do the shipping. <laughs> we don't no, know what. We're really thrilled. But you and say, yeah, you know, it is good news. Isn't that good news? Did, did full, you use the word honcho time? as a verb honcho. somewhere in there? He's yeah. going to honcho something? Honcho, that's what I said. Yeah. And your news item Yeah, a new action pack. The, uh, the, uh, the action packs are always fun. I think that's great that they come out with those because, well, they're fun. And with the map sideways. Yeah, the stuff. map sideways, which and is interesting. We're going to link that maybe. Yeah. Well, you know what this calls for? Why not? A celebration. Here's to Chess and MMP. What are we drinking tonight here? Well, let me tell you what we're drinking here. I'm glad I'm glad I asked that. This is um Bacalar. 
unus papa Rome, unus portas Anconane. I don't know. This is from um, Czechoslovakia. Czech. Czechoslovakia. Yeah, this is Czechoslovakian beer. Look at that. 1454, Jeff. Yeah, I don't know. How old is this bottle? <laughs> not the, Not quite that old. It says 1454. Yeah, well, I don't know. Oh, and it's a good thing because um, this is best consumed. Oh, my gosh. Look at the consume date. Best before August fifteenth, two 2008. <laughs> It's okay. I'm telling you, beer does not go bad. I don't know who started this whole date thing. <clears throat> I don't know. But, you know, uh, people maybe people don't know, but there's a very large um, Polish, specifically, and Eastern European in general, population in the Chicago area. In fact, uh, Chicago has the largest Polish population outside of Warsaw. Yes. Of any city in the world. So there are lots and lots of... Um, Polish and Eastern European sort of beers and foods and stuff like that in a lot of the stores. So this one store that I like to shop at has just scads and scads of Polish and Eastern European. And that's why we're the only state with a Casimir Pulaski Day. Oh, that's right. That is correct. We've got Pulaski Day. I'm Pulaski's wife. What was this came in? Yeah. That wouldn't sound like the other ghost? No. Well, we have a couple. A couple? We have a couple ghosts. I think you're endangering my life by letting I, me I come believe, here. I've never told you about that. No, you've never heard it before either. No. Well, I mean, they normally come out, you know, when it's like closer to Halloween and stuff. Oh man. Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mention that. I can't believe I never mentioned that before. No. Yeah. I guess it's uh, Spilky and that's uh, been here when. Yeah, I told him all about it. Well, <clears throat> now Jeff. Should we talk about something? Should we actually talk about squad leader? Yes, let's do that. It's time for... <laughs> oh, I know what it's time for. What's, what's, what's in, in, in the, the box? box. box, 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 box. Yes, it's been a while since we've done a what's in the box, but someone very special mailed us something in the mail for a product review. Yeah. And what is it, Jeff? This is uh, Dispatches from the Bunker, number 28. So um, who sent us this, Dave? <laughs> I was afraid you were going to do that. This is from Rick. I don't uh, like to Vic be put Pro- on the spot, Provost. so I'm wait, just going to ask wait. all the questions. Yeah, this is Vic Provost, right? Is he's the one that runs this? <laughs> I'm looking at. I you know issues one through ten are yeah. free online, and I I got I printed out number two and number seven, and I read them thoroughly. I'm going to go back in line and check out the other ones. So tell me tell me a little about them because well, I haven't read them. We have... You didn't read that? I left that with well, you. Yes, I read this one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, right. But I didn't read one through seven, but no. just tell us in general Yeah, about in general, I'm looking at issue number two. Um, this is a... Started as a newsletter. In fact, in the uh, introductor, introduction here in the second issue, um, they say, now, being a regional newsletter with no interest in... Pro- they are having no interest in producing modules or maps or campaign games, but they want to keep a concept of related series of scenarios. And so they decided to focus on subjects which can be individuals, famous units, weapon types, um, a campaign in a battle. Uh, these subjects will be the focus of a number of related but standalone scenarios in a series that they showcase in their newsletter. This is yeah. from number two. I don't know if what issue do you have that was sent to us? Uh, number 28. Yeah, so I don't know if they're still doing that, but looking then at issue two here, you get a inter- nice introduction thing here about a New England ASL scene. Uh, errata from issue one, and they really have a goal of not having errata. Uh, so they're working real hard on that. Uh, an article about Jemblo the Faint, and that was put out by um, Critical Hit. I actually have it. I haven't played it yet. Probably should sell it soon because 
I don't know if I'll ever have the time, but a great article about Gem Below the Faint. What is that? A, a, a scenario? Uh, it's a whole campaign oh, okay. and scenario pack. So, of course, you know I don't do the campaign games much. So yeah. I would play the scenario someday. Yeah. And talking about the whole setup, how to do it, advice, and so on. And then uh, some scenarios. Uh, Bougainville with the Marine Raider Battalion is uh, number one in a series. And Devil's Play sent in Tunisia is another in a series. And then they have the excellent analysis of the scenarios that come in the issue. So with analysis. like uh, strategy ideas and yeah, things like that, German yeah. perspective, the, yeah. you know, British perspective, some strategy ideas and things like that. Mm-hmm. And my favorite page is the back page of these two early issues, two and seven, uh, and it's uh, tips for veterans up in the top here. Which really, I think we should just start stealing these and use them as our own material. Yeah. And tips for novices. Novices. Playtest novices. Okay. <laughs> Novel names. Novice? Novices? I thought it was novices. I thought it's at people from Nova Scotia. <laughs> I don't know. Wow, that's a very a very focused audience. Yeah, yeah, it would be. Focused demographic, if you will. Uh, Playtest News, which was Central Stalingrad module that Tom mm-hmm. Moran was designing. Did that become... This became the um, Valor of the Guards, I believe, but not positive. Could be, and I like that page. So what's in? in and even if that's not what happened, let's start spreading that rumor. Yeah. <laughs> and what's in it? We are your central source for misinformation regarding advanced squad leader, but not in our news show. But not in our news show. No, that's a hundred percent accurate. Right. From that's NMP. that is a hundred percent actual hearsay. <laughs> so uh, these aren't. I don't know if these are dated. Uh, so anyway, I'm looking at dispatch number twenty-eight, which was uh, sent to us now. Th- so one through ten, you said one through ten are available free. A free online uh, from their website. Yes. And then the other issues you have to pay for something for. Correct. And I'm looking here, and our usual, our usual preparedness. Uh, I actually don't see what the price is on this one. Well, I'll be looking that up while you tell us about the okay. issue. Okay. All right. Well, this is, um, <clears throat> as I said, number twenty-eight for ASL players everywhere from the ASL veterans in New England. Now, this particular one covers a series of scenarios. There are some from the Guadalcanal campaign, and then there are some from uh, another one for the Valor of the Guards fans. So the um, the Guadalcanal scenarios that are included this uh, included with this are all revolve around the, the Elu River or Alligator Creek um, action that went on on Guadalcanal and the scenarios we were looking at these the other day and we thought oh let's play one of these but actually there was quite a bit involved they looked they looked like more than we wanted to tackle at the time but now that I'm looking at them they don't look so bad there's a scenario called Bloody Bonsai that's actually only five turns um, and looks relatively easy to handle um, pretty small small requirement on the boards and the overlays and things like that the Bloody Bonsai moves on then to Hell's Point, which happens on the following day of the action. The first day of the action was on uh, the beginning of August 21st, and then there's additional action at the later in the day. Oh, and Time to Die, I guess. That's, so they're all on the same day. Anyway, they use yeah, some interesting board configurations, 35 and 37. And Sorry, the I lost cost, that. Jeff, would be $15 in the U.S. and $18 out of state. 
Back issues 11 through 26 are $4 each in the U.S. and $4.50. Those guys are going to get rich on this deal. <laughs> they are. They are going to get rich. All 17 issues now in print, 40 bucks. So get in there and order those, folks. You know, and they're just, they print them out on paper. It's, you know, it, there's nothing really glamorous about this, but obviously they put a lot of work into these. And this is one of the things that we love about Squad Leader is the history that goes along with all those scenarios. So you really feel like you're, you know, you're replaying some of those significant actions during the war, of which there are so many. These guys are obviously very busy with this. So after they do their three scenarios from Guadalcanal, there's uh, one scenario from the uh, Stalingrad action, which is uh, uses the Valor of the Guard map. And this is called the Urban Nightmare, which which looks like lots of fun. We, we could have played this the other night. Maybe we should play this this week. We haven't played any of these. we got to try them. Correct. Um, we did choose to play Winner of Their Discontent, the Mark Pickavage. Yeah, we played that the other night. Uh, game, and Jeff From won. From a few returned. I actually won. Ladies and gentlemen. Jeff. Yeah, we actually should have included this in the news because this is a first for me. It's my first game winning, the first game I won against Dave. That's right, folks. Thank you. You should be excited. Yeah, I'm very excited. That was a big deal. Of course, we only got about three and a half turns into the game, but you knew that you you were going to lose. Uh, Jeff, split. I, I spread out too far. Yeah, why not give some little advice if you're going to play Winner or Discontent? In fact, I was going to email Mark and ask him what he felt the Italians should do. I think falling back is an option and then joining up with your reinforcements. Yeah. <clears throat> not to try and stand... And I spread out trying to cover too much territory. Jeff managed to pierce um, the line and bust through the center. And yeah. I started to have, I think you had three or four prisoner counters. Yes, I did. Which was, yeah, it was just so. Yeah, and I decided to take prisoners instead of invoking no quarter, which we're going to be talking about in a, the strategy of which we will be talking about in an upcoming episode. So many things to cover. Sure thing. But that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed beating you. <laughs> and, well, I'm glad you did, yeah. actually, because yeah. I like it. I don't, yeah. It's been almost four years I, I've been I playing. and I, Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't mind, I don't mind losing, but I like to win, like, a two-to-one advantage on people if I can. Ah. So mm -hmm. that's why I don't play the good players. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Dispatch is number seven. Uh, similar, similar thing here. So I won't go into all the scenarios. Um, they do have a article about urban gorillas that um, scenario, and again, how to how to play that and analysis and stuff. So there's always good stuff here. Is that the ball? That's the whiskey yeah. bottle. Yeah, I got a little. Not having beer tonight. I'm trying to cut down my calories. So. And I notice here on the website that the victory of the guards is in dispatch number 23. It has three scenarios that Tom Warren designed specifically for the newsletter. Analysis of each, Tom's Valor of the Guards saga. So this is the game that he yeah. did. And Jim Torkelson's look at Valor of the Guards from the German point of view. So you Valor of the Guards fans would really love dispatches from the bunker number 23. Yeah. And that's what's in the box. You know, I still can't help it, Dave, but get a little overwhelmed sometimes just at the amount of of stuff there is to do just regarding Advanced Squad Leader. All of the scenarios, all of the the research that people have done, the write-ups, the strategy, the tactics, the forums, the scenarios, the modules, the action packs. I mean, it's just, 
it's almost it's overwhelming. Yeah, you can't keep up yeah. with it. Yeah, I may need to seek a therapist to help me with it. You know, just just trying to keep up with it. And I made the mistake yesterday of going to the bookstore and spending a little time in the World War II section. And again, the overwhelmedness,ness,ness feeling. But of everything out there. Oh, it's just it's amazing, and all of it, almost all of it, really fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Well, and speaking of. Uh, when Louis was here to do the roundtable discussion, yep. he left us oh, yes. with a little product over here, too. I guess we're yes. still doing what's in the box. Yeah, I guess we are, which is a, a different box. And this is not really in the box, but this <laughs> is like what what comes in the mail. But if you see the mailman <laughs> like groaning under the weight of this, uh, Louis left us um, some things that were compiled by the Windy City Wargamers over the years. And... Um, so he's got this one group here. I'm not sure what order these come in, but there's this there's a 70-page tome here called ASL Junk, which is stuff from the Windy City Wargamers. Lots of after-action reports, uh, little strategy, tactics, news about what's coming up, new action packs and things. Now, some of these articles go back up to 10 years. Go but, back quite a ways. But, but there uh, um, there's a lot in there that's worth reading. And I don't know if he is still selling those for five bucks. Yeah, actually, we should find out. Yeah. Then he left me with ASL Stuff, which is 105 pages, $3. And I haven't gotten through all this, but more of the things that I just mentioned. And then there's the ASL Thing, the third compilation of ASL Stuff from the Windy City Wargamers, 145 pages. Yeah. Gadzooks, man. Mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling. So... uh, I consider myself boggled. Ringo. That's Ringo. Big squad leader player. I think he's right. Don't pass me by. Jeff, what do you do when people are bypassing? I wave at them. Well, that's the... I invite them over for tea. You should shoot at them. (laughs) It's, it's in the squad leader. Remind me to not uh, walk through your neighborhood. It's going to be our special segment, Bypass and ASL. Oh, great. And I have done a lot of research. Yeah. And this is going to be of particular interest to the players that are moving from the starter kits into full advanced squad leader. Because this, this is a very handy thing to know. It plays a big part. And uh, you can use it right away as soon as you get Beyond Valor or whatever... The first module you get, it should be Beyond Valor, I suppose. Right. You're going to want to be using Bypass. There is no Bypass in... In the Starter Kits. Starter no. Kits. Yeah. No, yes, yes, no. Well, first of all, what is Bypass, Jeff? Well, it's a, it's it's something, it's a surgery that they do to, to get around blockages in the cart. <laughs> I'm going to... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, Bypass, it makes a lot of sense. It's a way for uh, squads or vehicles to move between buildings and uh, through hexes without having to go into buildings. Into the actual terrain the actual, obstacle. Yeah. Uh, okay. And it is... Okay. It is woods and buildings. Yeah. Uh, also included, though. So let's make, let's make that perfectly clear. You can only do this bypass movement if you're moving through hexes that, are, that contain woods or buildings. And light jungle. Okay, light jungle. kind of like woods. Kind of like woods. I call it woods. And they have huts, which are kind of like... Buildings. Buildings. But only flimsier. Yeah. And easier to burn. Right. Uh, Collapsed huts also. 
if right. you're playing Pacific. So, so bypass is actually now in the starter kits. If you're going to move from one hex to another hex that contains a building, you have to go into the building in the starter kits. You have to do that. Pay the two points. So if you're just trying to get through to the other hex, you have to go into the building and then out the other door to the following hex. But with bypass, what happens? You can pay one movement point to move across two hex sides of the hex. Yeah. If you go three hex sides, you have to pay two movement points, so you may as well just go through the woods or the building and take the cover. Yeah. So, what this is going to provide you are lots more ways to move and to move quicker. And it may feel, when you're looking at the terrain, it may feel like you can bypass other terrain, as Jeff just said, but no, you can't. It looks, you know, it looks like you might be able to bypass grain because it's open along the edges, right. but you can't. You can't bypass hills. And broken guys may not bypass so think of them as wanting the cover because they're afraid they're so when they're routing they cannot bypass correct so got to think of them as they want the cover and so i broke this down to two how about uh berserk units oh dang um <laughs> let me think they have to charge the nearest enemy known enemy with the least movement factors yeah. I don't know. We're going to look that up. Holy cow. I'm going to bet they... We're going to look that up right now? Do you have your roll book? Yeah. Yeah. Hit pause. Yeah. Hit pause. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a miracle. This is one we really should have known, I think. Shame on us. But uh, here I'll read right from the rule book. Uh, A15.431. The charging unit must take the shortest route in movement factors to the enemy unit, including the use of bypass, counting wire as one movement factor for purposes of this calculation only. Okay, so it was kind of the hunch. We thought they, they're going fast. Yeah. They're going fast. So, yes. Well, then, what you have a neg two when you're bypassing on you because you're doing movement in open ground. Yes. That's the bad part about all that. Yeah. And you have uh, can't bypass a woods gully hex, though. That's a restriction. You cannot bypass a flame. Do you know why? You can't bypass flame a flame. Flame is inherent, is it not? And it's too hot. <laughs> you can't bypass... You might get burned. You might get burned. Be careful, boys and girls. You can't bypass an armed, non-disrupted known enemy... That makes sense, because that would be considered really entering their hex Correct. during the movement phase, which you can't do. And you can't bypass a wire or a rubble hex. Okay. You can't go along a wire hex side. Or a, oh, I'm sorry. You can't go along a hex side of a water obstacle either, because you would. Yeah. You'd get wet. Drown or get you'd wet. Get, yeah, you'd get wet. Or worst case, you would drown. Yeah. You'd get your under... Your, Let's just keep to that's not the woman or the man what is that well we think maybe there was a animal some animal sacrifices of some kind done here as well <laughs> it's just getting worse by the moment yeah i forgot to tell you that too all right just keep going smoke 
Yeah, just try to concentrate. Focus. Smoke adds to the movement. You have to pay for smoke, sadly, when you're bypassing. And minefields still count. So bypassing a hex building, you're going to hit the mines. Using well, I'd, I'd rather I'd rather go in the water and get wet. Yes, you would. Then, but then you hit can. the mines. But. Yeah. And if you enter a building, woods, from bypass, you Wait pay Wait a minute, a building cost. woods? Or either or. Oh, a building slash woods. Because there's also a few hexes that are woods and buildings together. Right. Right? Yeah. Either way, if you're bypassing a wood, so and you want to suddenly enter the woods, yeah, you have to pay the full movement cost, the two points to enter it, and you just enter it like sideways, you know. Okay, does that make sense? I'm sure it will at some if point. If it doesn't make sense to you, it will make sense to the <laughs> listeners <laughs> as I explain it. So yeah, you're bypassing say it again, the maybe woods. backwards. Okay, yeah, you're bypassing the woods. Yeah, and you suddenly decide, oh, I don't want to continue. I'm moving right into the woods. You just you just pay the two points, and you're in the woods. Okay, yeah. Using bypass does not prevent placing a DC or placing smoke grenades. So I, it seems a little weird to me, but I guess you could be bypassing a building hex. Yeah. And then place a DC in an adjacent building hex, just like normal. Oh, yeah. I guess I've never, ever done that. Right. There might be a time that you would want to. And have you, um, and likewise, you can move and place, you know, you can move a hex, place in bypass, roll for smoke, place smoke, and keep going. Yes. Yeah. Especially okay. if, it, if it's your own hex, too. It only costs the one movement factor. Yeah. Instead of the two to try and place it adjacent. Yeah. Now, otherwise, you pay one for bypassing the two hex sides, as we've said, and the two for bypassing three, as we've said. Uh, you have to pay for a wall vertex. Darn it. I hate those wall vertexes. They're, they're so expensive. It's just the <laughs> you have to pay for those. <laughs> it's just the tip of the wall. I go to Menards and get those my wall vertexes. It's they're always on sale. I'm why, sorry. Why not Walmart? Yeah. <laughs> Don't they sell walls there? Yeah, they probably do. At the Walmart? You know, the my wife's uh, my wife has family in Germany, and when when uh, Walmart moved into Germany, they call it Wallmarkt, and they were all upset about Walmart. The Wallmarkt has moved into town. <laughs> we are not going to shop at the Wallmarkt. Good for them. Yeah. Keep those local businesses. Now, wall and hedge depictions extend hexides for purposes of seeing if there's enough room to bypass. Now, this only applies. To vehicles. So I shouldn't have read that there because we have vehicle <laughs> notes that are coming next. Yeah, okay. Ignore it. Can you end in bypass, Jeff? Just a, uh, an infantry squad? Infantry units may not end their movement phase in bypass. They must end in in a hex location, and bypass is not considered a hex location. That is correct. And, of course, tanks can, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, well, any vehicle, right? Yes, you're, yep. you're correct. I shouldn't say tanks. Well, wait a minute. What about bicycles? <laughs> no, no, maybe not bicycles. What about horses? Uh, cavalry? No, horses have to be in a hex. Okay. I actually don't know. <laughs> okay, we got to do a whole episode. I've already got it figured well, out about cavalry. We will be doing cavalry. Yeah, some, we're going to be doing it. Yeah, that'll be fun. We should play some cavalry games again. Yeah. Actually, I'm hoping to play all the armies of oblivion with Bob. And there's a lot of cavalry in that, so yeah. I'll be freshened up on it. Yeah. Now, if you're broken in bypass, what happens then? 
Well, I well, I imagine during your route phase, of course, you're going to have to route anyway. Yes, but what happens immediately when you're hit? Now, this is something I kind of forgot myself. Oh. You... Okay, you have to go back to the hex that you came that you moved into bypass from is that no, right no you go right into the obstacle oh you do okay. in that hex but here's a little tricky thing if you're broken during bypass you stay in bypass and have a neg one non-assault movement if you were using non-assault movement well i guess you were and you if were, you were if, you, if you're yeah, in bypass you were, you're using if you're an infantry unit you right for other first fire attacks so the guy's bypassing the woods yeah. you shoot at him on the vertex, or well, we'll talk about that in a minute. And he breaks. Yeah. I usually just go, oh, he's in the woods now. And then the next shot, I take the plus one cover right. for the woods. Okay. Illegal. When, as soon as he breaks, he st- actually lo- stays in bypass for a few seconds while you can finish shooting other first fire shots at him ah. and subsequent first fire attacks at him during his move, right? And then with no additional penalty, yeah, the neg one for non-assault, no oh, additional, but no the additional penalty. One, right, he's not in the woods yet. Yeah. Then final fire, he's considered in the obstacle. Okay. So that's a real fine-tuning thing. That again, I, I, I'm sure when I play, if I break and bypass, we just show yeah. both my opponents and me. It's not like I'm just the only one doing it. But, yeah. Oh, I think you're in the woods now. So boom. Well, then that kind of makes sense because uh, first fire, defensive fire is considered simultaneous by all units that are firing whereas defensive uh, final fire comes actually after the movement phase has completed correct and yeah. so yeah that's so, a good way to help remember it yeah so there's a timeline going on there yeah yeah okay and if you're pinned or involuntarily stranded look up rule 24.1 on your own because i didn't <laughs> want to take any notes on it it was too long <laughs> Really? It was too long. If you're pinned in bypass? So 24. you're going in bypass. Oh, you know what? I actually didn't look it up because it was in a different rule section. 24, no, it was a different rule. 24.1 and 24.1, which actually Jeff just checked, was about throwing smoke. And so I realized involuntarily stranded. What did that mean? That means when you roll the six on your smoke grenade check, yeah. you ends that unit's move. Right. So if you're in bypass and you're throwing smoke, you're you're involuntarily stranded right there. And what does that mean? That would mean that you are in the non-obstacle portion again for the rest of the movement phase. As if you had broken, remember? Yeah, you're still in the non-obstacle portion if you're pinned or involuntarily stranded. And then you're in the uh, you're in the obstacle uh, again for the final fire. So it's similar to being broken. Okay. Pinned also. Again, tricky to run. The men are running. They get shot at. They fail a pin check. They're pinned. Yeah. Still considered in the open, you don't get for the, the rest for the rest of first fire phase, right? Not but fire. then they move into the obstacle for final for final fire, right? Even though they're pinned, correct? Okay, yeah. And all concealments are lost at the end of the moving unit's movement phase, the, the enemy units. So if you end, you know, you're moving along. And, and can you're concealed? You're, yeah. Well, he's concealed. Your enemy unit. Okay. Then he has to reveal that if you're in his hex, right, at the end of your movement phase. And line of sight can trace to the vertex. So to shoot at people, you can shoot at the vertex of the hex, 
doesn't have to be there's, you can't use the center dot he's not in the obstacle right so any other vertexes or across or to the center dot if it passes through a hex side that he traversed so the guy's moving alongside the woods yeah. on the hex side yeah maybe think of some freak way that you would not see either vertex perhaps mm-hmm. but you can see the center dot you can still fire at him really it's in effect it's along the hex side there. Oh, okay. As yeah. long as you can hit either the vertex or the center dot or the other vertex. If you hit the center dot, it counts because he's moving along that hex side. Yeah. Makes some sense? Yeah. And, of course, that's neg two. So, now, if there's a wall in the hex, you treat it like a normal wall. In hex, you can even you can see even through, even though... never In the hex, you can see even though... It seems okay. If the hex side, <laughs> if the hex side is on, not the side you're bypassing, right? It's across the hex. What the the, the wall. wall? Okay, yeah, the wall. I'm sorry. Yeah, the wall's across the hex. There. Yeah, it seems like the wall wouldn't apply to you, kind of, right? Because you have to be adjacent to it. Well, it wouldn't apply to you. You mean to move through? To for cover. Oh, for cover. Right. It would seem like the wall would count for cover. It does. Because it's does. in your hex, yes. bypassing that hex side. But when you actually look at it, it looks like, well, it's way across the thing. I'm not next to it, so I don't get the cover. Yeah. Bonus, but you no, do. but you do. You do. Because you're considered in that hex. And if right. you're in that hex, right. then... Otherwise, the rules will get way too complicated. Yeah. And residual Which... fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like they're not complicated yet. <laughs> But they could be. And residual fire. Aren't we? Aren't we happy that they didn't get? They didn't make this game complicated. Yes. Yeah. We're very happy. Yeah. What's well, a what a relief. Residual fire is treated as if it's in the hex, not along the hex side. Right. And so you would count your train effect modifier of the woods, if it if it applies. Oh, okay. So if it applies, it does yeah. count because the resid you don't stick it on the hex side. Although I think there were exceptions for that, and I didn't look that up for. Deluxe, yes. Deluxe has some exception to that. I oh. think Deluxe can be placed along a hex side, but I didn't look that up. Uh, you know, the bigger okay. hexes. Yeah, because they have bigger hexes. Right. De- Deluxe is Latin for bigger hexes. Bigger hexes, yeah. indeed. Vini vidi deluxe. So. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry for the interruption. So. It's sort of a party. Yeah, I know. You get used to it. You know, if you lived here, you'd get used to it, Dave. <laughs> Shall we move on to vehicles then? <laughs> vehicles? Yeah, vehicles. Sure. It's a very scary show, boys and girls. Can I ask you something? Yes, you may. You know, sort of as an aside, because I was thinking about this the other day. I don't remember why. But, you know, I was just thinking about the fact that uh, in ASL, you can stack three infantry units in a building. Uh-huh. And that's not considered overstacked. Correct. But you can overstack in a building. Correct. Really as many units as you want. I don't really like that. And I don't like the... Uh, it's It's just seems a little unrealistic to me that you can even stack three, three infantry units. Three, three guys. Three full squads. 30 approximately... In any building hex. How many windows are in the building? Well... <laughs> I guess to shoot out of. I guess what I, I I guess what I was thinking of is not all buildings, you know, they're not inherent. Building sizes vary 
from building to building. That is correct. You know, they actually take up the amount of space they have little ones. That, that you that you see. I think buildings should have capacity. You really want to make it more complicated, yeah, well, don't you? Well, I just thought, no, you know, you shouldn't be sense. able to run 30 guys into a very small wooden shack. Right, and some of the of little hacks. buildings do look like little shacks. Yeah, I think each, oh. each, and maybe they could vary it for each scenario, or I don't know, maybe each building should have a little number a little in it number. that shows you how many full squads that you could fit in that yeah. building. Yeah, no, I like it, because it wouldn't make it that much more complicated. It's just it wouldn't be that much more complicated. Print it on the board. Yeah. Right. But it would make it, it would add a little extra straight. Like, do we need more? But uh, I don't know. I, who do I call? That's a good idea. Uh, who am I going to call? We're, we're who am I going to call? Keith Dalton. Or no, Chance Argent. He's, oh, that's he's cool. now the full time yeah. MMP guy. Okay, so. I'm going to call him. What's his number? Uh, Three. They didn't give it out. Remember, you're not supposed to rag him yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, yet. You're not supposed to rag him. But I agree. Yet. You know, it's got to be tough getting people complaining all the time at you. Yeah. Well, it would help if they actually responded to the complaints. You know, just an idea. Just an <laughs> Stop idea. Stop it. Okay. I'll well, vehicles. Vehic- There's vehicles in by- bypass. Is it Charlie? No. It's a. Th- it's just a thing that ha- it happens here, Dave. It just it happens oh, here. Yeah. Vehicles now they can end in bypass, correct? As we've stated. You ever notice how the lights flicker here sometimes? Yeah. What is with the lights? Yeah, I don't even want to have to explain it to you. Just keep reading. The vehicles, when they bypass, they actually need the width of a counter turned up on its side. Is that the height of a counter then? That's the thickness. The thickness of the counter. Yeah. Turn it on its side, and you measure if there's room between the line, the hex side, and the obstacle for that counter to fit there. A tank, a vehicle can pass through. Okay. If if it touches the wood sex or whatever. And because buildings are different sizes, you may have to do this. Correct. Nevertheless, you can put all those squads in a building and it doesn't matter. That ain't right. You can't fit 30 guys in a little shack. No. All right. Now, the interesting thing, too, is if you cannot fit and you try to move in there, you still pay the movement points anyway, and then you pay a stop movement point. Oh, so you can't check first? No, you, you can't check first. It, yeah, you check, okay. and your opponent has to pay those points, which I think also probably I had been letting people, and probably including myself, yeah, not pay anything. Well, I mean, that's a pretty pass. small. Oh, check it. Oh, that's well, a, you can't fit. Yeah. so stay where you are. Okay, yeah. but you, you actually have to pay it. That's kind of a small issue, but it makes sense. Let's say there's a tank that he turns anything, so I can fit between those buildings. He rolls up there, and he can't fit between the buildings. Right. So he's got to back up and expend those movement points. Yeah, I'm sure it did And happen. contrary to popular belief, it's not all that easy to run a tank through a building. They, it sh- they show it a lot in movies, and it looks really good in movies, but it's not all that easy. I don't do it a lot Yeah, in my games. I know my... Well, I, in my tank, I don't. <laughs> How was that beer, by the way? Um, You know, that was okay. Tasty. Yeah? In fact, I might, be, I might be ready for another. Yeah. The... If it... We did that... Um. Vehicle bypass move, VBM. VBM. Non-applicable to rubble, like infantry, the roadblock hexides across them, like infantry, the blazes, still hot. still Even in a tank, it's still too hot. Yeah. And or a hexide with another vehicle wreck. So if you shoot somebody else's vehicle and kill them right there through a critical little bypass zone, let's say, that's yeah. trying to exit the board, it's blocked now. 
Oh. So there's a strategy kind of tip. Kill the first thing. So there could through. be a vehicle in bypass between two buildings. You kill it. You kill it there. And then the guy, if he tries to exit another vehicle through there, he can't. Can't. And that makes sense. Correct. Yeah. So, you know, it might come up where you can seal off a little exit area there. Can they tow it out of there? Can you call like a tow truck and have it? Have um, That's probably a new action pack coming out. <laughs> there, I, boy, I think there's something about that in the rules. To, uh, pushing a vehicle off a blocked bridge. Really? I believe so. Oh. But I won't go out on a limb and say that for sure. Okay. So. The vehicle-covered arc is something that's different, a lot different when your vehicle's in bypass because it can stop along the hex side. The covered arc focal point, the CAFB, covered arc focal point is the vertex front, and the vehicle-covered arc, then, is the first hex in front of your vehicle. Yeah. And then beyond that first hex, it's the next two hexes. And then shooting further out, it's the next three hexes. Yeah. So really, it's a triangle shape going out there, progressively getting larger. It's the two angled hex, hex rows going out. Now, that's pretty hard to picture it, it uh, is, for our listeners. So, so why don't you hold up your your dis, your uh, illustration I, I that you wrote there so I, people can well, see I it. I have the rule page yeah, hold with it, me. Hold it up. It looks like that, folks. Can you see that? Yeah. Oh, that's good. That, Let me zoom in on that. That makes it more sense. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. So remember to... It's got this reduced turret covered arc, actually. Yeah. The cover, covered arc focal point is that vertex in front of the vehicle. Yeah. The vehicle covered arc, then, is that front fit target facing. If a shot comes at your tank from within that front turret facing, it counts as a frontal shot. Yeah. So, frontal armor. Yeah. Yep. Armor factor. Um, if the shot originates from the side... Then, of course, it's a side shot. Now, your sides are much wider, then, consequently, with this new reduced Oh, I see. Front, yes. And the rear is reduced. Your side is much wider. Yeah. So they've come up with some rules for that. You turn your turret. You want to place your turret covered arc counter on one of the four corners of your vehicle counter. Mm-hmm. So it's either forward, backward, or left and right facing the corner of the vehicle. Okay. To the left, let's say. Now that covers a bigger area, so you're going to pay case A, which is turning your turret. Yeah. Is that case A? Case A. Penalties, always, except if you've acquired a target. Um, or if it's a known target and you're shooting IFE, Infantry firepower equivalency, mm-hmm. right? Like you have an AA gun, it has the little number in parentheses on the side. Right, right. That's the IFE, right? Uh, and a, a CMG, coaxial machine gun, they can do a turret cover arc change to or through a side and adds plus one to hit in addition to case A. <laughs> No, I didn't say that right anyway. That's why you're doing that. Okay, so when you turn your turret, you always pay the case A penalties plus an additional one. Because you're in bypass. Because it's, yeah, it's a wider area. Changing your covered arc adds an additional plus one in addition to case A. Now, if it's... Does it say that on the chart, on the case A chart? 
Uh, that's I a good mean, question. On, on you can the, glance uh, at that while I try and clarify what I was saying about the... If your IFE CMG or canister fire on the same known target, you don't pay that extra thing because you already shot at the guy. It's assumed you're facing the guy. Does that make more sense? Yeah. It does. Oh, yeah. Bypass turret covered arc change through to or through the side target facing that's you add one. Yeah. Oh, it's on there. Yeah. Great. It's down in the other section. Oh, it's not up by case it's A. It's not up on case A. Okay. Yeah, down in other. Now you can move only two hex sides off of your vert, vert <laughs> off of your vehicle covered arc. Or straight ahead when your tank is going to move. He's going to move forward, right? So you can only move into the two hex sides off of the vehicle covered arc. In other words, straight ahead. You can't enter the obstacle that you're bypassing like infantry could. Your tank just can't suddenly drive sideways and end up in the building. Whereas your infantry, who right. are bypassing, could jump into the woods. Right. Stationary vehicle bypass movers can't change the vehicle covered arc to shoot so that's a penalty right you can't you know how normally uh you can do a vehicle uh, movement roll yes to start up and turn to and face turn the defender. vehicle mm -hmm. can't do that can't while you're in bypass in, right can't okay. do it in your normal move either no way to do it now the so the trick there is you know those tanks with no turrets stugs and stuff yeah assault gun tanks they have a harder time. It's easier to get them. They can't turn the turret yeah. to cover anything from the side. And they can't turn the body of the vehicle. So. So they can't turn. Cause, okay. So I, I think I got that. So when you're. So you're bypassing a woods. Uh -huh. There's nothing on the other hex. But you're still in bypass. You still can't turn that. Not on the hex side. On right? the hex side, right. Got to stay parallel to the hex side. Yeah, okay. That's the rule. Parallel right. to. Yeah. Um, when you move, as you know, you pay two per hex side for bypassing. Yes. It's double the normal thing, movement points, <laughs> and one to turn the vertex. Now, that's why I see a lot of people forget. So I pay one, two along the hex side. Yes. I turn left, continue on the next hex side. I pay one for the turn, oh. which is normal. You pay to turn, but right. I see a lot of rookies go one, two, turn, and three, four onto the hex side. Yeah, it's actually one, two, turn three, three. four, five yeah. to enter the next hex side and okay. bypass. So it's real costly to be moving a tank through bypass. It mm -hmm. can slow you down. You cannot stop on a vertex. It's just too complicated, I think, in the rules. Mm -hmm. Imagine. You have to have a whole new covered arc rule and all kinds of stuff. So you can only stop along a hex side. If you're immobilized while you're on a vertex, paying that point to turn, mm -hmm. you just considered back on the last hex side that you traversed. Okay. And the last little section here, a player's rider's crew embarking or disembarking on a vehicle gets shot at. If you shoot at them, you aim at the covered arc focal point. That vertex in front of the vehicle. That's okay. the aiming point to shoot at the guys embarking, disembarking, not the hex center dot. Uh, you must load from a bypass terrain hex. So if I'm bypassing the house and I want to load passengers on and I stop, 
and they're not in the building I'm bypassing, they can't load on because they're not in the hex with the vehicle. Yeah. Right? Okay. So right. Makes sense. And a wall or hedge does not block line of sight to or from its own hex, um, even if on the opposite side. Right. That's not clear to me. A wall hedge does not block line of sight to or from its hex, even if on the opposite side. Mm-hmm. Oh, it does make sense to me. That means, again, like you said earlier for the infantry, the wall is in your hex, so it doesn't block the line of sight coming in, even if it's on the other side of the hex. Yeah. Again, just like infantry rule. Right? Okay. That makes sense to me. And that concludes my notes pulled from the bypass sections. One for vehicles, one for infantry. Let's talk about the tactics. Let's talk about the tactics. Wish we knew some good tactics to use. Yeah. <laughs> tactics, what's that? And strategy, probably, too. Yeah. Well, it's easy to shoot guys, right, when they're bypassing? Well, uh, yeah, neg you would two. think so, because, yeah, negative two, it's, it's non-assault movement, and they are in open ground. They're forfeiting the cover of yep. the building. yep. Yeah, it can never be assault movement would defeat right. the purpose, I suppose. So look for those little shots. You'd be surprised, I think, especially on the starter kit boards. Of course, you can't use bypass on the starter kit boards. Right. There are a few scenarios that use them. It seems to me there, there's more openings in there. But it, you know, anyway, but look for those little line of sights to the vertexes, through the hex side to the center dot. You may surprise your opponent who doesn't think there's a shot there. Yeah. If you have to move fast, what do you have to do? Bypass. I mean, it's you pick up a lot of movement points that way. So, Not you don't pick up movement points, but you pick up a oh, lot right. of speed that way by using bypass. Right. You can really fly. Although yeah. the, the tanks really slow down. That the tanks slow down. But, you know, well, I mean, but they're cutting through. Oh right. Otherwise, you're going to go into the woods. Right. Uh, so if you got to exit on the last turn there. You're going to have to be running through bypass if yeah. you're too far away. Yeah. Here's a neat trick that actually wasn't my own idea. I read it in somewhere. <laughs> I read it somewhere. But they pointed out that fire lanes go down the middle of the road. Yeah. They don't affect guys bypassing the houses on each side of the road. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. Think about yeah, that, that makes you got sense. a road yeah. with buildings or woods on the sides yep. and, and a fire lane coming right down the middle. Yeah. So you can bypass the house and run right like down the road and not get hit with a fire line. I would imagine, does that also apply then to bore sighting? If a gun Correct. is bore sighted on, on a road hex, your tank, to the, to the center of a hex, and you, you suspect that the guy is bore sighted. Like I nailed your tank. Like you that. nailed my tank. <laughs> uh, and winner of our well discontent. In that one. But if I had bypassed along that building, I would not have been in that. That would be the correct. center of that hex, so, yeah. so you couldn't have taken that. Yeah, yeah. that's another thing. Yeah. Um, with your vehicles, if you bypass, you don't have to risk the bog checks, as we kind of alluded to there. Right. So that's always helpful. Um, one tactic: put put the smoke, as you mentioned earlier. Then you can move and throw that smoke. Yeah. In the hex that um, you you your op- opponent actually think about that. Your opponent, you could throw smoke. He has to pay for the smoke, even bypassing. So throw smoke in a hex. Can slow him down a little bit. Yeah. Um, your guy can toss it 
on places too to provide cover for other people coming through then if you want the cover. Right. Uh, one really good tactic that I really prefer is to use dry erase markers on my boards, map boards, mm -hmm. and I use the green one and I, I make the woods wider so it goes closer to the hex sides so my opponents can't bypass <laughs> them. They take their counter and they check it. Dave. Yeah. That's cheating. No, no, it's not cheating. Oh, it's house rules. <laughs> how, how is it cheating? It's not like I'm <laughs> lying about my dice roll. Yeah, or your age. Right. I, yeah. just, I just widen up all yeah. the woods. And then my opponent's like, gee, last time I played this, my tank fit here. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, especially yeah. as a defender. That's a very good tactic. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that, folks. Um, think about a tank parked between the two buildings. Yeah. Pretty good cover. Yeah. Right? Right. Hard to get a shot at him there. Now, although you can kind of just... A lot of times I like to wiggle my attacking tanks just far enough into that side shot close to the vertex you can get off some side shots that way but it's nice to have the two buildings real tight uh, one thing it's easy to back up from that position though if another tank comes into your front and he's going to kill you mm -hmm. uh, it's real easy to say start up you're going to get shot at but you know you always will even if you're out in the open and then you go reverse movement you're falling back between these two houses Mm -hmm. No one's going to see you. Yeah. So it's a, a great way to, to be pulling out. I like to put, you know, assault guns in there and cities and stuff to try that. If another tank shows up, back out. And usually, you're, it's, well, it's obviously better than being an open ground hex. Yeah. Having to start up and turn or even where they can see you the whole time. So. Okay, let me ask you a tough question. No. I, well, I did okay. okay. Go ahead. What is the capital of Assyria? No. Um, <laughs> that's not that tough. A, it's Damascus. Cap but, capital A. That's yeah. the first letter. Right. But, um, no. Okay, let's say, and I'm making this up as I go along. Aren't we making up the whole show as yeah. we go along? <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> this one in particular. Okay, we're, we're by, you're a, you, infantry squad. Uh-huh. In bypass. Yes. Okay. He throws smoke. In my own hex or Jason hex? He throws it, well, because he's in bypass... He's in two hexes, right? No. He's in neither hex. One. Just the one hex he's bypassing. He's in that hex. Okay, he's in that hex. Okay, so he throws smoke in that hex. Yep, wants to provide cover for the guys behind him. So he pays one movement point, well, makes his roll. let's say he throws the smoke in that hex. The cigarettes. People jump and grab the cigarettes. And he gets fired upon in defense of fire. Okay. Does he get the cover of the smoke? <laughs> Would have to. Yes, it's, it takes effect immediately. It takes I, effect immediately, you know, and he gets to cover the smoke. Double-check yeah. me, listeners, but yeah, yeah, I'm going on okay. and say, sure, the smoke, as soon as it's placed, adds a modifier. Okay. Yeah, I'm back. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I, guess I'm getting, I guess I'm getting myself a little confused because I'm thinking about as, as vehicles move along the hex spine, but, but well, infantry units really don't move along the hex spine. They're, they're actually in the hex crossing through in the bypass. Yeah. Yeah. But... I mean, vehicles when are too... When you spend a movement point to throw the smoke, you don't have cover then. Right. Right, okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, the one problem with is my anybody tanks, still awake? I don't think so. Wake up. Yeah, this is the boring part of the show, the rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why I think the quiz show format works well. we'll yeah, to, I think so too. We'll have to go back to yeah. a live... We will use the live thing again, folks, for... We thought quiz shows. Yeah. But not today. 
yeah. or bring on some more people. Yeah, it's again. too late today. Like Rick, well, let's go live now. Rick and no. <laughs> Rick and um, Dave or something. Get, yeah. get some more people in and yeah. do the, the, that kind of thing again. Otherwise, but hey, this is it's what you want. You want some strategy tactics and you want the rules right yeah. to you. So, or it can't always be pretty. But yeah, vehicles in bypass stopped. Easy to close combat. Yes. Yes, they are. You get the street fighting advantage. Do you know about that one? Uh, yeah. Joe and I have done a number of street fighting scenarios. Where the infantry gets the attack automatically first. And if, yeah. yeah. And with a neg. With the neg modifiers. Right. right that. that always applies to vehicles in bypass. Uh, reaction fire, as you know, Bob talked about overrunning and vehicle yes. bypass freeze moves. You get the reaction fire attack on you. Um, the wide side covered arc, of course, would provide more territory to shoot. So if some guys are trying to go off the board in a big open ground area, think about this. Normally you just pull into one of those open ground hexes and use your vehicle covered arc. But what if there was a building right on the edge of that open area? Go into bypass and use that side covered arc. You do have the extra plus one, but you got a much bigger area covered hmm. as a defender. Never thought about that. So that yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of good. Uh, of course, problem is you get a lot more side shots on you if there's other tanks yeah. out there going through shooting at you through that wide hex. And when you bypass, and I never do this very well. Uh, I think Bob was talking about this. You bypass a tank in a hex with infantry, so you're doing all this. You're fighting in the, you know, Stalingrad. Yeah. That's really helpful because there's modifiers for close combat. If you have infantry in the hex with your tank. Right? Okay, right. Covering squads. Right. There's also people coming in have to take a patsy. So if I wanted to close combat your, your squad in the building. Of well, when my vehicles is in bypass. I now have to take a patsy to get in there to get the squad. I don't care about the vehicle. Let's say I just want, I have to have all break all your squads right on the board to win yeah. or something. I, I you know it's slow. I can't get in. I well, I have to take a patsy. So you take a patsy when you advance into close combat, right? Ah, right. And, right. Or if I guess if you're, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, normally right. Yeah, okay. Um, and tanks be very good to be bypassing and drop smoke grenades. From the tanks into the hex. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's just something else. And because they, they can smoke grenades come and go in your own hex, right? Yeah. And then do, of course, the vehicle bypass freeze move, which we've already covered before. Yeah. Guys can't shoot out of it. You go in there. Which means you pull your vehicle up to a hex <laughs> occupied by enemy infantry. You stay in bypass, and they cannot shoot outside of that. And so you can run your other units. They can run with their pants down at their around their ankles and run up and down the street and cannot be fired upon by that. Correct. By that. Very effective yeah. in taking out your yeah. opponents there. Yeah. Oh. Indeed. Yeah. Is Robin okay upstairs? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Yeah. Is she in the shower? Yeah, probably. Yeah, uh, we get that here a lot. You've never heard that. I can't, you know, I, I've been meaning to t- 
I guess we need to hang out more. Well, I'd eating. like to end the show now, but okay. yeah, and head home. Well, me too. But we, <laughs> you for a different reason. Yeah. <laughs> but we, but we do have. Um, that, well, yeah, that concludes our our bypass move bit, and now we have movie review. Oh, movie review. Yeah, I think this is, you know, we got a lot going on. Do we do we do we really want to have regular movie reviews? I think it's a good idea. But Once in a while, well, yeah. how often do we do movie it? reviews, book reviews? Right. Yeah. I mean, history like, reports. Think about know. how often we we've actually had probably twenty seven shows. Yeah. I think we've done five history reports. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, we could certainly do a lot. Everything more. Just, we could do a lot of book reviews and movie reviews and yeah, just yeah. rotate stuff in yeah, and out. But I, yeah, I'm interested. Let's if, hear your movie. If the listeners don't like oh, it, we'll not and, do it again. And by the way, listeners, if you listen to one of these movie reviews and if you decide to buy the movie and if I don't know, <laughs> we've been putting links. We've been putting these Amazon widgets on our website. Maybe we shouldn't be doing this. I don't know, but we put the Amazon widget connecting, uh, you know, linking us to the movie we're talking about or the book we're talking about. If you click on that link and then buy it, we actually get a portion we get a little profit and did it there. work did it work when i bought the so the dave yeah so uh so i put the leroy anderson um cd on our a few shows ago dave went clicked through that and bought the cd it's the same price for dave but we got a dollar we did yeah excellent so if you know a couple episodes ago we talked about downfall if you go to our website and you see downfall and you click through that and buy it we'd get a dollar Great, but that's not a substitute for a donation. Well, I don't know. It's kind of a... <laughs> I thought you were going to say yeah. about our reviews and things, if you buy the product and don't like it, we're not responsible. Yeah, well, yeah, there's that too. <laughs> we don't want to hear about that. <laughs> because, we of course, people's opinions will differ. Yes. But I happen course. to have on my TV, Hearts War. So I sat down to watch it, and I thought, well, you know, Jeff kind of did a quick downfall thing. I'm going to just yeah. do a quick... Well, it's a page of notes, but I'll talk quickly. Review of Hearts War. Okay. Which really wasn't much of a war movie. Yeah. Um, Did you see it? Well, I saw part of it, and I actually stopped watching it because I lost interest. (laughs) Yeah. There's the review. I guess I won't say anything else. (laughs) Big thumbs down from Jeff. Oh, tell me about it. Well, it had too many ads in the show. (laughs) That was one thing. Too many ads? Yeah. Okay. You guys should get cable. We do. Oh. It was still had ads. It was okay. on like... Like Turner or I something like yeah, that. One of okay. Um, but I could fast forward because I DVD'd it. TV'd oh, okay. It. So uh, it was a story of a captured U.S. lieutenant, Lieutenant Hart, who I actually thought was going to be the other actor. What's his name? The famous one? Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. But yeah. he ended up, he wasn't Hart. And half oh. the movie, I thought he was Hart. Yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't him. He was a captured lieutenant and by the Germans who's put in with a bunch of prisoners of war. And has to prove himself to these guys. The actor was Colin someone, I noted. Uh, some black officers in the Army Air Corps are put into the camp. <laughs> Colin someone. Someone, that's what I know. <laughs> so these black Army officers, African Americans, are put into the camp. Yeah. And that introduces the underlying theme of racism in America. And our lieutenant observes odd behavior. People escaping through an outhouse toilet or hiding things. Uh, it was dark. I wasn't even sure sometimes what they were doing. Yeah. Um, oh, what's that guy doing? And they're showing it, and, and Lieutenant Hart is noticing this stuff, so he knows there's something going on with these other prisoners who don't always trust him. And uh, 
he is our politically correct lieutenant, which represents non-racism. I'm not so sure how accurate that would be to 1940s America. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah, he was a real politically correct guy. And he's opposed by the racist guy who frames one of the uh, African Americans who is executed, framed for a crime or trying to escape or something and executed. Yeah. Um, McNamara, that's Bruce Willis's character, McNamara, yeah. objects to this excessive punishment of the execution. Hart discovers that our lieutenant lied about not giving information to the Germans. I'm sorry, um, McNamara, Bruce Willis, discovers that Lieutenant Hart had lied about not giving info to the Germans when he was being uh, um, questioned, yeah. interrogated. And so uh, the second black officer is framed for murder, and then Hart demands a trial. Let us have a trial here in the camp, and the Nazis let him conduct it. And this trial then takes place, and the film really becomes more about the trial, and it's not about war. Uh, it's about sacrifices required in war, though, and it's about honor, what you do for your honor. Uh-huh. The lighting, at times, good. Uh, bluish tint highlighted the cold winter of this camp scenes. I thought that was good. The music was okay. wasn't a lot of it. It was a little moody and slow, which appropriate to the film. Uh, the best performance was one of the African-American guys, whose name I also didn't get. <laughs> well, he did, I thought, an outstanding job. Uh, criticisms, as Jeff said, he turned it off. Yeah. <laughs> That's about the biggest criticism you can yeah, get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else do you want to say? It just didn't... Well, I mean, and I, I really don't recall much about it, but uh, but I remember... Um, I think I got it from Netflix, and I think I watched about 20 minutes, and I thought, I don't get it. Where's the war? There, yeah, I was expecting a lot of explosions and yep. shooting. And, In fact, you know, I made a note. Cool war scenes. Opening yeah. P-51, strafing the prisoner of war train, oh. and the Krauts running around, getting strafed and yeah. blown up. A dog fight over the camp and a plane crash in the camp, and that was it, folks. Yeah. So if you're looking for the kind of war movie Jeff was looking for, or I was looking for, it wasn't there. Yeah. Um, other criticisms, characters seem like uh, confident, tough guys. They all seem the same to me. Yeah. Every, you know, all, you know, all these army guys, confident, tough guy, confident, tough guy. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, prisoners perform Spike Lee's super uber duper men at the play practice. Oh, not Spike Lee, Spike Jones. Oh, Spike Jones. I always get those Remember, two confused. Uber, super duper man. Yeah. Are we Aston Superman? Yeah, yeah. we Aston Superman. I thought that was. Oh, that of, was Spike Jones. Huh? Would they let them play that? Yeah, Spike Jones. Oh. Would they let them play perform that in the camp though, practicing for their little camp show? Uh, uh no, no, probably not. Probably not. Uh, seems slow. <laughs> Stereotypical characters, except for the German head of camp who was a Harvard graduate in 1928 and enjoys the trial and helps the defense and is realistic about war. He lost his son, so he's a little bit sympathetic. A little bit. So I thought that was a breaking the stereotype. A film could have been very emotional but never grabbed me, partly due to Willis's acting. What did you think of that? Do you remember it? Well, uh, no, I don't. I, I noted short staccato dialogue, no emotion. Ah. Uh-huh. Well, that wasn't fair that you executed our prisoner. Yeah. We don't... Yeah, don't quite get it. Shorten's the kind. Obviously, the director of the film. Um, you know, I didn't do enough with that. The end soliloquy is preachy, and the film should speak for itself. You shouldn't have to uh, preach, right, to get your message across. Is yeah. that one of the rules of filmmaking? Uh, I think so. Show it, don't tell it. Yeah. Is that right? So that's my little movie review. So that's a thumbs down. I have to go yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm hesitant to be critical. You know me, right? Yeah. 
So maybe it's good if you want a trial thing or something. Yeah, if you want to be bored and you want to see a bad performance <laughs> is, by Bruce Willis. Jeff has no problem being critical. Because well, I don't. I don't have any problem being critical. I, I, you know, they put Bruce Willis, uh, and they call it Hearts War, and you think, okay, this is going to be a great war movie, and it's really not. No, his war was to help yeah. end racism in the camp or yeah. to help the prisoners. To well, at the end, well, I can't tell you the ending, I guess. Yeah, Some of you may, may want to watch it. want a spoiler. You know, when I first uh, started playing Squad Leader, uh, one thing I liked about it and continue to like about it is is the is the scale of play, which is which brings you down to a more intimate intimate level than you do than you get with a lot of other games mm-hmm. that are a little bit you know larger scale. Um, so I like the fact that they've got all these different weapons and things like that, but. What I was missing, I mean, even though, you know, we've got the smoke grenades, I like that, but what I was missing was grenades themselves. I thought, how come there are no grenades? And there are. It's huh? one of the footnotes. Did what? you read the footnote? What? Huh? Yes. Footnotes? Yeah. Oh, well, I did not know that. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> got you there, sir, who does not read the footnotes in the back well, of the rule book. Well, I, it's been a while. The uh, doubling of the firepower... Represents not only greater accuracy at close ranges, but also the inclusion of hand grenades. Doubling of firepower when you're adjacent, adjacent. to a unit. Inclu- oh, so that includes... Which is why... Yeah. I'll get the rule wrong probably now. When you fire, you can shoot up two levels. Yeah. And not double your firepower because you're not adjacent. But the guy shooting down doubles his firepower. Ah, his hand because of grenades. down. There you go. The hand grenades are there, but right, it's totally abstract, and you never use the word hand grenades. No, you never do. <laughs> right, smoke grenades, yeah. but not hand grenades. Yeah, and and as a kid playing, playing army. Oh, we always had grenades. Absolutely, grenades. Yeah, hang, and and as we called them then, hang grenades, hang grenades. Did I didn't even know grenades? it was hand grenades. We call them hang grenades. You know, I grew up watching combat, and. Uh, there was another show back in the 60s called Men at War. And they were always using grenades, you know. I was using grenades. So anyway, I was missing grenades in Squad Leader. So I thought, well, it'd be kind of fun to do a little report about grenades. I have a pineapple hand grenade. Do you really? American. Yep, at school. And I pass it around during the World War II unit. You pass it around? It's totally safe. Do you stand behind a like a concrete <laughs> block? As the kids I are don't let them take the pin out, even though it's yeah. totally not loaded, because yeah. you can see it's empty in it. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. I I should I would like to see that. It's heavy. Well, so um, being the uh, the the guy that needs to know, I went on the internet and I looked up grenades. And one thing <laughs> one thing that was really interesting was uh, I just went on Google and I looked up grenades, and one thing that I saw was in the past. I'd say six months, there were six different news stories about hand grenades being found. Really? Yes. One in Ireland. Ireland. Yeah. One in um, the one in Ireland, one in England. Uh, I think there was one maybe in Germany. These are just people like cleaning out closets, really? digging in their yards. Loaded? Yes. Finding these grenades. Six this stories. Why, this is why there Princess was, Diana we had a crusade against hand grenades. That was landmines. Oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, there was even some woman in Oklahoma, I think, that was cleaning out her closet and 
and found one. But I mean, the fact that there were this many stories about it what, to me was remarkable. It is. It's so I thought, well, I got to learn a little more about hand grenades. So I learned a little bit more about hand grenades. One thing I learned was that, uh, well, they've been around for a long time. It's not like, you know, somebody became a genius suddenly and in the, the 20th century and invented hand grenades. They've been around since the 1600s, probably even before that. It's true. Can but I, the idea was simply, you know, we'll put some uh, we'll put some explosive powder. Can I interject purely to show my intelligence? Uh, sure. That you know, would be refreshing. You know how, str- <laughs> how much of a struggle that will be? <laughs> you're, you're, you're oh, his face is getting Thanks, all red. Jeff. I'm Thanks, kidding. Jeff. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh my God! You know I love you. You know it's bad enough. I got ghosts in your house now and being insulted. <laughs> the grenadiers. Are you going to talk about that? Yes, I am. Then I'll well I a little bit. I got it in yeah. there to show my intelligence. Go yeah. Ahead. Okay. Well, you feel free to interject. Okay. So uh, grenades, in some form or another, have been around since the 1600s. Hey. And, it, and it's and, and hey. What? I'm interjecting. Oh, okay. And so. I mean, it's it's pretty much, it is, really. It's pretty much just some sort of a container stuffed with some sort of uh, really fastly, fastly, uh, fast-burning material like gunpowder. What? Particularly good, yes. It's an interjection. Yeah, oh, that's good. And then they they put a fuse in it. And, you know, the early ones were pretty crude. They just would have a a wick in there. It might just have been paper. And then they light it on fire and they throw it. A wicken? A wick in there. A wick in there. Well, it is the the Halloween show. Something wrong with you. So they used grenades in those days. Um, But, you know, they kind of fell out of favor because of the kind of warfare that was going on. The grenades were not all that useful um, until actually World War I. It was discovered they actually became very useful, especially because of trench warfare. There's, yeah, I think she's back in the shower. I think she, she is. She takes a lot of showers. We take a lot of showers here. So it was back in World War One. Actually, the grenades became popular again. And Dave, if I were to say to you, "Hand me the Mills bomb," um, what would you do? I know this. All right, let's try it. Let's try it, Dave. Hand me that Mills bomb. Here you go. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> no, it, it's a it's a uh, um, glass container. It's that? a grenade. A hand grenade. It's a grenade. Okay. And actually, glass, yeah, let's talk about the word grenade. The word grenade is the French word for pomegranate, which is supposed to be good for you. Now I'm sure it is. So then, how come hand grenades are not good for you? Well, they probably <laughs> contain iron. <laughs> I think it's steel. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh. So the word pomegranate, and the reason why they were called pomegranate is because the uh, the early grenades contained a gunpowder that um, the size and shape of the the gunpowder granules looked like pomegranate seeds. Okay. So they called them grenades. And uh, grenades actually don't look all that much like pomegranates anymore, but they look more like pineapples because of the because of the way the the waffled exterior of them looks but the early the, that's how they called them grenades and and in the early days they actually had grenadiers and we probably have heard the the word grenadiers and do you want to say something about that i see you're holding up your hand well you're so excited <laughs> you there in the front row okay i'll call on you yes tell me what you know about grenades um well the grenadiers because of my uh miniature gaming revolutionary war era that's where I had learned about the Grenadiers being these stronger, taller men put into a special unit. 
because they needed the strength to hurl these early grenades. Yeah. Of course, later on, in the Rev War time, the Grenadiers no longer threw grenades, but they were still the taller and, and, and bigger and macho-looking men. Yeah. Yeah, they had they had and even in World War One they had special units specifically designed no special units. They had men specifically de- designated as grenade throwers. In World War One. Yeah. I never knew that. Yes. And they wouldn't even carry I, did not I mean know that, that. Oh, I, did, I did not know that. And that's all they do is would be throw grenades. And they were very, very effective in trench warfare because you couldn't shoot your opponent, but you could lob a grenade in there. And they were pretty crude. Even back in World War One, they were at the beginning of World War One. They were pretty crude, and you know you needed to be, you needed to have pretty good timing to light that fuse and throw it. Yeah. But the, anyway, this guy named Mills. Well, do you know what people do when they see a hand grenade coming at them? No. Are you going to tell me? <laughs> That's what they do. Yeah, they, yeah. They do that again. When they see a hand grenade coming, they go. Oh. When they see a hand grenade. That's coming. right. That's what they do. That's the official warning for a hand grenade. No, there was a man named uh, Mills, and now I don't have his first name, who actually came up, uh, a British guy, who mm-hmm. came up with the with a popular, became very popular, and the de facto standard for the design of the grenade, found a way of, of conveniently and safely creating a trigger device so that you could carry the grenade and, and throw it and things like that without, with a much less likelihood of it burning up yourself. in your face. Yes. Yeah. Or your so, friends. They, he came up with this thing with the spring-loaded firing pin and a lever locked by a pin. Okay. So that came yes. out with you. You pull the pin. Yep. The the lever device springs off. Well, it doesn't. And if you hold, when you're holding it, you're holding the levers in. So yes. You can pull the pin and it doesn't start counting. That's right. right. You just have to keep yeah. holding on to it. Because Once you let go, the lever goes flying off, and then it releases a striker, which ignites a fuse, a slow-burning fuse inside. And it ignites this, it, it starts this fuse burning, and you get about four seconds, four to seven seconds, just depending on your nationality and who makes your grenade, to throw the thing. And then it blows up. Yep. Producing all these... Shrapnel. Yeah, shrapnel and things like that. So uh, during World War One, actually 33 million of these Mills bombs were used and issued to soldiers uh, in the British Army. Okay. Yeah, how about that? So uh, now there's you can find instructions <laughs> on how to make yeah a on how to do it no not how to make them but what how to do it so you hold a grenade you pull the pin uh-huh. you let go of the safety lever and the counting of the numbers shall be three, <laughs> three. no one two yeah five no, yes no, no three, three. Um, <laughs> and then you throw it I mean it, it's really pretty simple. The things weigh about between one and two pounds, just depending okay. on, again, depending on the nationality. Yeah, they are Because different nationalities have different ways of making their their stuff and and uh, different preferences for that. But the average killing radius, I hate to say that, we need to talk about killing a little bit, but uh, the killing radius was... <laughs> well, at least somebody thinks that's funny. Yeah. Casper will be showing up any moment. Uh, five to ten yards was the killing radius, and the fragments were dangerous of up to 50 yards. But normally a grenade can only be thrown about 35 yards, which means you really need to throw it and duck. Get down. Seriously? They're that Seriously. dangerous? Yes. You know, with shrapnel flying off, 
50 yards. And Okay, I'm sorry, what was the radius of the explosion again? The radius, of, the killing radius is about 5 to 10 yards. But still you'd have dangerous shrapnel shooting up to maybe 50 yards. Okay, all right. You know, and it would depend, again, would depend on the nationality. The, the American grenades actually didn't have as much explosive in them as the German grenades. Uh, but the German grenades had a different purpose. That the American grenades were more defensive, and the German grenades were more offensive. offensive. They set up theirs. Theirs were more set up more not to to throw as much shrapnel out as to just create a lot of uh, have a big blast area. Uh, and the idea behind that was to startle uh, the troops that you're attacking, so that you could move in and shoot them effectively with your weapons. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the so the German and you know, we've seen that German one. It looks like a potato masher. They call them potato mashers. Potato and potato mashers. You say potato. I say potato. Yeah. The um, stick grenades. Yeah. Otherwise known as a stick grenade. Had uh, in in the, in the game Battleground World War Two miniatures skirmish yeah. game, throwing those they don't roll as far. Right. As the American ones, because they have that stick. So because of the roll, stick. So more but they could throw them farther, because okay. they, this, the extended stick acts as a, as a lever. Oh. So they could actually throw them farther. And you could throw them better when you're prone or from, you know, not not the best conditions. Oh, you could actually you could kind of fling it throw with them stick. farther. Yeah. Um, so they, they had some advantages to that. But again, the, the use of them was different. Um, now the Japanese had Turn their the own. Page. The Japanese had their own uh, type of hand grenade. They use a, a slightly different design. Their method of arming was a little bit different. You'd pull out the safety pin on it, but then you'd have to uh, sort of give the head of the grenade a a whack on oh, something oh, hard. I've, yeah. Okay. To start the ignition process, and then you'd have four four or five seconds to throw it. And you don't want to be standing oh. too close. But they also had some stick grenades uh, of uh, kind of similar to the German design in their arsenal. Now, probably the most familiar design to Americans is that design with the, the serrated cast iron grenade. The pineapple grenade. The pineapple grenade. Looks kind of like a pineapple. And, and tasty, too. Yes, and tasty. Great on a salad. Serves a lot of people. <laughs> But um, contrary to popular belief, those serrations do not create more shrapnel. Oh, okay. The, the serrations are actually only for only rather grip? for gripping power oh, okay. and to keep them from rolling too far. So it's it's a good compromise between uh, you know a stick grenade which doesn't roll much and and these serrations which would keep it rolling. You don't want it to roll past the enemy and blow up if you're throwing them at uh, somebody on a road. Nevertheless, that these these pineapple American pineapple grenades would produce about a thousand potentially lethal fragments. Okay, wow. Whipping around. So, uh, oh, and th this was interesting. No, it wasn't. <laughs> oh, yes, it was. I, I I found a website that actually had a lot of um, gathered intelligence. Army intelligence, you know, because as the war went on, they would gather, they would pick up uh, enemy weapons and things like that and test them and see 
you know, try to find out then ways to use them and ways to work against them and things like that. And one thing they discovered, they captured a couple of Japanese tanks in the Solomon Islands that were coated all over with grease. And they thought, now, why are they ah. coating these tanks with grease? And, and as it turns out... Magnetic mines? It kept the sticky bombs oh, from the adhering to bombs. them. Yeah. yeah. So they'd actually they'd coat these tanks with grease. Yeah, but I understand the problem was, too, though, when, the, when they were retreating... And the troops tried to jump on the tanks to ride away from the battlefield. They had a real hard time. Oh, running. yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> like tr- like trying to chase a pig. <laughs> One of those greased pigs. Uh, anyway, those are the few of the things I learned about grenades. And well, we're, that was we're happy to have them. Excellent history report, yeah. Jeff. Yeah. Excellent indeed. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I was going to do a box art review, but... Jeff made his history report go so long that he got out of it once again. But don't listen. Don't worry, fans. We do know some of you enjoy them. So they will return on a future show. Yes, they will. So I guess um, that's going to wrap it up for this show. It's going to wrap up another show. I think it's a good one. We've done enough damage for one night. That's enough, indeed. Yeah. So, uh, everybody, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it, as always. And remember to roll low. And may the dice be with you. But not, not when, when you're, you're playing, playing us. us. Bye, everybody. Bye, bye. Is that a major you want to do? Yeah, you want to take a bite out of it? It's a pineapple. You want to take a bite out of it? Yeah,